Welcome to the Improvement Imminent Podcast. I'm Philip Weigel, here with my brother, John Michael. Together, we set out to create a better program that can bridge the gap between gyms and help more athletes improve their fitness. Each week, we ask ourselves, what can we do better? And we challenge each of you to do the same. Our mission is to share our knowledge from our nearly two decades of experience as CrossFit athletes and coaches to help you approach each day's training with more purpose. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Improvement Imminent Podcast. Uh, We are kicking off the week of August 12th. So Monday, we are going to begin with a DT-styled workout. Uh, But we're not going to do it with a barbell. It's slightly smaller reps, and it's with dumbbells. It is six dumbbell deadlifts. You're using a set of dumbbells for this, prescribed at 50 pounds for guys and 35 for ladies, followed by five dumbbell hang power cleans, and then four dumbbell thrusters. Now, this is definitely meant to be done as an unbroken set each round, and we're going to do 15 minutes of it on the minute. Uh, If you are not able to get through six, five, and four in your given minute, then shave out a rep from each movement. Take it down to five, four, and three. Um, if you need to shave it down further, then we can kind of pick one place to pull a rep from. But I think everyone should be able to manage five, four, and three if they've picked the right weight for sure. This is going to get pretty spicy, though. It's going to be a lot of grip. Yeah, I think when it comes down to the the deadlift's not going to be too bad. When it comes down to the hang power clean into the thruster, uh, I think that's where it's going to get a little bit difficult. On that hang power clean, especially with dumbbells, it can be kind of weird. It's kind of weird to figure out how to load because it's not a barbell, so it doesn't touch the quads necessarily, um, and it kind of hangs by your side. So understanding how you load with those dumbbells so that you're not just taking the dumbbells down to the hips and then just muscling them back up. Yeah, it's more like a, it's kind of like a swingy sort of Mm -hmm. motion, right? They kind of swing past the hips. Yeah, it's almost like a mock kettlebell. In yeah. a way, outside of the body. Outside of the body, and it's got it's got some curl on it too. But try to pop your shoulders. Mm-hmm. Getting some shoulder shrug in there will help you to move those dumbbells more quickly and a little bit straighter in their line, and that'll be more efficient for you. And you got a lot of reps to do, so efficiency is going to be huge. Yeah, and I think something we don't normally do with dumbbells, but it's not a bad chance to do them here, uh, and it's not a bad idea to do them in a workout like eighteen point one, which we did last week, and that's going to be holding a hook grip. So holding a hook grip on that dumbbell, um, I know for me, I find it easiest to hold the hook grip on the dumbbell where the dumbbell bit gets thin um, right up near the end of the rubber. So I just take my thumb up to that area where it's the thinnest and I try to hold my hook there. Uh, it seems to help and I'm able to cycle easier without worrying about losing the grip. It is a little bit awkward because it's not a barbell, um, but I do think it, it'll help a lot going from the deadlifts into the hang power clean. Yeah. Once you get to those thrusters, though, try to relax your grip. Mm-hmm. Try to just let the dumbbells kind of sit in your in your hand and make sure your legs are really pushing the weight up and overhead. That's, that's much more of a, a lower body base movement. If you do it well, then it should be an upper body base movement. You're already going to toast your shoulders doing those hang power cleans because of the funkiness of that flow. And like Bill said, uh, we are going to be trying to do this unbroken. So it almost looks a little bit like DT, except for there's a thruster at the end. Uh, the difference is it's a lot less reps. So you guys are going to be using, you guys are going to be using much less uh, or doing much less reps in a minute compared to that 90 second window that we had for a DT. So make sure that you guys are going from the deadlifts right into the hang power cleans, right into the thrusters, because you guys are also going to need that rest. So if you guys try to do the five deadlift rest. 
Um, last deadlift into the hang power cleans rest. Last hang power clean into thruster rest. I just don't think we're going to have enough time in a minute. No, I don't think so either. And and these weights, if you look at them, they're a little bit lighter, mm-hmm. right? If we used 155 on a barbell, well, in total, a male athlete at the prescribed weight today, or on uh, Monday, rather, is going to have 100 pounds in their hands. Granted, it does feel like a little bit more than that because it's dumbbells, but it's still not as much loading. After that, we're going to do some strength work and skill work. Um, you're going to be doing four rounds, and they are not for time. These are sh- should be done with quality in mind. You're doing nine to 12 strict dips, uh, followed by six to nine strict toes to bar. Now, those are big enough numbers that I don't think you're going to be doing those sets unbroken. Um, you're probably looking at two or maybe even three sets if you're doing good quality reps. If we need to, let's add a rubber band to aid our dips. If possible, do those dips on the rings. Make them challenging for yourself. And always with that movement, focus on your hollow. It has a good set hollow and then we lower and raise the body while it remains in that hollow. We shouldn't be breaking and arching our back to press out of the dip. We should be trying to push the bar or the rings down below us uh, rather than trying to arch our way up away from it. With the strict toes to bar, make sure you've got that full hand around the bar. Right, we need to smash that thing in our grip, not hang from our fingertips. If we don't smash it in the hand, we can't properly recruit our lats, and proper lat recruitment is the base of any toes to bar, much less a strict one. So take those slow, control them. If we need to, we'll just turn that into a strict knee raise to chest, knee to elbow, or knee towards elbow, really. Um, whatever we're doing there, it's, it's not fast. It's not fast up, it's not fast down. There's no momentum to it. It's a slow control raise and a slow controlled lower. It's a lot of work there. That's why it's not for time. We're just trying to get through good quality reps. You're gonna to need to take breaks between the sets. So take them, chat a little bit, maybe stretch something, get a drink, and then go back and do your next load of work. Yeah, I think you nailed it. Make sure that you guys are wrapping thumb around the bar. If you guys don't wrap your thumb, it's gonna be really, really hard to get the lat engagement and uh, and the control on that movement to kind of try to bend that bar and pull yourself behind it. If we go thumbless, then for the most part, your hips are just gonna hang directly under the bar the whole time, and you're just gonna be raising the knees up as high as you can, and trying to fold in half, rather than strong lat engagement to pull that bar down. Yeah, it's gonna become a hip flexor drill, which Mm -hmm. is not really what we're after. We're after the full recruitment from top to bottom. Yep. All right, so that's Monday wrapped. On to Tuesday, you wanna kick it off? Yeah, Tuesday we begin with our strength. It's going to be 12 rounds on the minute. We are going to do one push press. Our one push press is going to be at 85% um, and ascend if you guys feel like you can. This is not intended to be um, a one rep max buildup or attempt, but it is a chance for you guys to get some heavy weight on the bar. It's a chance for you guys to get a lot of reps with that heavy weight. We are doing a squat and press cycle right now. So getting heavy weight under us and doing a decent number of reps at a heavy weight is gonna be really beneficial for you guys to learn how to work that end range of weight, that top echelon, uh, and get under some weight, practice what it's like to have some heavy loads overhead, and do a lot of reps at. With that, 
we are looking for a couple things. Number one is going to be our dip position, and I'd say number two is going to be our catch position or where we lock out at. Um, we talk about this a lot, but we want our dip to be a vertical dip. So our torso, torso stays completely vertical, especially when we start working with heavy weight. A vertical dip is super important because if the weight goes a little bit forward or a little bit backwards, uh, it has huge repercussions for what you're doing to get under it. Uh, so we're doing push press, right? Not push jerk. Push press, yeah. So there's no real getting under it. But as we press right. it out, it, it definitely it changes the trajectory of the bar. Mm -hmm. If you lean forward, then your bar is going to adopt the angle that your spine sits at. So if you're tipped forward, your bar is going to launch at the angle that your spine has. Uh, and that makes it much more difficult to lock out that rep without having to actually step forward and chase it. So make sure that, like Michael said, you're vertical. Straight down, straight up. Um, with that push press, spending time under tension in that lockout is huge. So make sure you're not trying to just flash a lockout. Put it up there and own it. You're only doing one rep. So make sure you've got it there for a quality second and that you've secured that lift and you've secured your spine underneath the bar. Right? This is a very important thing that a lot of people miss. They try to just throw it up and say it's done. Well, it's done when you have full control over it and it's overhead. So try to make sure that you're owning that top position of the lift. After we do some of that heavy lifting, we are gonna move on to our workout. Our workout is going to be chipper style and it is four time. It is 30 burpee pull-ups, 20 back squats, 100 calorie row, 80 for ladies, 20 back squats, 30 burpee pull-ups. So burpee pull-ups, that's a good little chunk of work. That's a couple minutes right there. I'm thinking mm -hmm. three, four minutes um, probably for most people, maybe a little bit longer if you're not the quickest at that movement. Uh, the back squat, one set. Absolutely. I'd say try to hold on to that weight. Yeah, we prescribed it at 135 pounds for guys and 95 pounds for the ladies. Put it up once, keep it on your back, just grit your way through it. It doesn't need to be fast. Mm -hmm. It's much faster to go unbroken than it is to do really quick reps, be exhausted, and have to put the bar down. Also, you save energy because picking up that bar, it costs a lot to take it all the way up and overhead and onto the back again. So be smart about that. Find a good flow where you can just keep moving and get through all 20, and then you can move on to the rower. On that rower, I think that's the opportunity to really start pushing the pace. Um, I would pace the first two movements a little conservatively, and then once I sit on that rower, it's time to see, okay, I can attack this thing a little bit more because I know I only have a set of back squats and burby pull-ups left when I'm off the rower. Um, it, it depends on how strong you are at rowing. Uh, it's possible to get off that rower in four-ish minutes. Uh, I think most people will be more around five or six, mm -hmm. but but it could be done quite quickly if you've got that sort of capacity. Because um, the back squats afterwards, you're gonna just try to find a good rhythm again. If you can push it, you'll push it. And then that last set, the burpee pull-ups, that's when it's time to really bury the hatchet, right? That's where it's time to, to go deep and, uh, and push your limitations and, and do reps when you don't really wanna do reps. Just make sure you're keeping quality. That chin needs to get over the bar every round. If you're doing a burpee into a jumping pull-up, same thing. Have the right setting as far as plates or a box go so that you can have the ability to jump and clear the bar with your chin on every rep. Yeah, this one should be a really good one because the burpee pull-ups, um, despite who you are, the good thing about them is they scale out pretty well. So that Phil um, and the person next to him can do them at about the same pace at 
totally different levels. Uh, so that should be pretty good. For the back squats, if you guys can go unbroken and then you guys can move on to that row, like Phil said, that's really the place. So try to dig deep there, see if you guys can push that pace because once you get out of that and you're on that backside, um, it's really just gonna be the will to hold on to the back squats. And then once you get to break pull-ups, just think about that next rep. Just one, 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 just attacking that next rep. Yeah, I like this workout a lot after Mondays because um, Monday we've got a good bit of a good bit of grip between strict toes to bar and and those those dumbbell movements. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of grip going on there, but with a burpee pull up, you're really only gripping for a brief brief period of each rep. It's much more fatiguing on the shoulders in and out of that burpee than it is, uh, I think, fatiguing on the grip doing the pull ups. So I like that back and forth. Also, spend time on the rower. It's always a good way to loosen things back up once you've done some deadlift work. Um, and those dumbbell deadlifts, those are a little funky. You're gonna end up in a slightly weird position with them. So I think this is a good a good balance to try to kind of reset the system while still pushing out a lot of intensity. Yeah, and I don't know if we said this yet, but there is a 20 minute time cap on this workout. Mm. So it, it can definitely be done sub 20. Uh, just speaking about it right now, doing the math, the two minutes on the burpee pull-ups. No, 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 not oh, two. My bad, not two minutes. Um, three to four. <laughs> three to four minutes on the burpee pull-ups, five minutes on the row. Um, it, it still puts us uh, with about five minutes to do the back squats. So it's definitely doable to get through this one. Yeah, totally is. So pick the right weights. Mm -hmm. um, and really, I think it should be everyone's goal to go unbroken on those back squats. Mm -hmm. So if that means you should use less weight, then drop your ego, be realistic, and, and use what you should use. We're all a little bit different. So you get to choose your own level of engagement on each and every workout. So do that right. Yep. On to Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday, we are going to begin with our workout. It is going to start with a one mile time trial. So we have seen the one mile run. Um, last time we did it was with those pull-ups, air squats, and push-ups yeah. on the minute. Death, death, no, death by. Yeah, it was kind um, of a deconstructed and reconstructed Murph sort yeah. of scenario. This one, uh, you're gonna kick off with the mile run. So mm -hmm. you're not tired yet. You get to go into it fresh. Yeah. and put in a real solid effort and uh, and see what you can get out of yourself. And we're gonna give you a little rest when you're done. You get three minutes to compose yourself uh, before you start the second phase of the workout. So we want you to really pour your soul into that mile run. Give it a solid effort. Um, Please be careful. Uh, at CLE, we got a couple streets we have to cross. So give your head a swivel and uh, make sure you're checking to see if anything's going on uh, so you don't get clipped by a car or clip a car yourself. At Cadre, uh, you guys are gonna be running up and uh, to the bike trail. Mm -hmm. So please be careful as you run along the street. Uh, it's not not the greatest footing, so make sure you're, you're paying attention to where you're putting your feet. And, uh, and being safe about that run. We've had too many ankle sprains um, yeah. because people were maybe just not, not paying quite enough attention to their footing. So pick good places to step. But like Phil said, I mean, it's not often that we get to test uh, a max effort run like this. We, we do the 400 and the 800, um, but a mile's gonna be a little bit different because it requires a little bit of pace, but a lot of grit near that, near that back half. So, go out and, and attack the run. Uh, it's a great day for everyone to see what they can do. Um, the good thing about it is if you end up, if you end up dying off, you're just running. So 
hold on to what pace you have um, and we get to see where people come in at you guys get to kind of compare it to what that deconstructed Murph run was we all know how bad that hurt after the air squats so it should give us a little bit of gauge as to where we're at how fast we are what our conditioning's at for that run um, and it should just be a really good test that we can kind of use to base things off of mm -hmm. um, you're gonna rest three minutes once you finish that run so make sure that you guys come in the gym look at that clock uh, you're gonna need some rest so take your rest try to breathe maybe sit down um, maybe stay active if you like that get a drink of water um, because you're gonna go immediately into after three minutes four time 15 12 9 6 and 3 and it's going to be handstand push-ups and times two box hops yeah this is a this is a day of, of shoulder fatigue and uh, and then just lactic acid in the legs yeah um, 15 on the handstand push-ups. Some people can totally bang those out, uh, especially if they're kipping. If you are a strong enough athlete, I implore you to go strict on these, right? What's our total rep count here? 18, 30, 45 total reps. So that's not an, a terribly huge volume of handstand push-ups. Um, if, if you'll serve your need for improvement better by slowing down and making things strict or even just doing some of the reps strict, do it, right? This is, uh, like I said earlier, we're, we're all on a different playing field. Um, yeah, we're trying to play a similar game, but it's a, it's a game of self-improvement and that might mean that your workout looks slightly different than mine. And if you should be doing strict handstand push-ups to make sure that you're creating um, a new level of fitness for yourself tomorrow, then, then do that work. Make it a little bit tougher and, and get something out of it. Uh, the box hops, you're doing 30 reps in that first set. Uh, pace it. Right? You can totally go out too fast on box ops and, and, and a couple things can happen. One, you definitely increase your risk for, for injury because it's much easier to miss if you're going quicker than you have the ability to remain accurate. So be smart about that. But also, you can burn yourself out. You can get too exhausted and go back to the wall and not be able to perform reasonable sets on the handstand push-ups. So be a little bit careful with it. Um, try to know your limits or at least try to evaluate as you go and learn your limits. Because knowing how aggressively you can recycle those box hops is huge. Um, you're gonna end up doing 90 of them. Again, that's not massive, massive volume, but it's enough to be a little bit concerned about it and, uh, and to definitely show it some respect yeah you guys should be pretty warm from the run just because a mile run's a great way to warm up uh, the calves the ankles the knees for the box hops um, I would say if you guys are comfortable rebounding we've done a bit of practice in the past it's not gonna be a terrible idea but I think the run is gonna exhaust you a little bit more than people might give it uh, it's gonna be if you push it real hard yeah if you push it it, it leaves you on the floor it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting mixture it depends so, on how well you know how to manage your body when it's yeah fatigued so stay safe on the box uh, for sure you know last thing we want to see is somebody somebody bite one so you know, um, after the workout take a little bit of rest time mm -hmm. and then we're gonna close out the day by doing two max efforts you're gonna do a handstand hold for as long as possible um, that's gonna add on to those handstand push-ups we did those shoulders are already tired so now the question is how long can you command them to do what you want um, or are you gonna let them control you and uh, and tell you when they're too fatigued to work so a lot of that's a mental game 
Same thing goes for the max time in a hollow hold that we're gonna do after that max handstand pushup. Um, that one, that one's even more mental yeah. because the body doesn't wanna be in that position uh, and, and you really have to, to master and control your mind to tell it to do what you want. Yeah, on that handstand hold, uh, my suggestion is get the hands as close to the wall as possible. The closer that your fingertips are to the wall, the more proper that handstand has to be. So the more your abs and butt have to be in line because smaller uh, mistakes kick you off the wall. Um, if you guys can get close to that wall, it's not necessarily gonna be easier, but it's gonna force you into a better position and you're gonna have to hold a better position. So you might not be up there as long, but you'll be in a better position the whole time. Yeah, um, guys, we, we say this a lot. Uh, sometimes people hear us, sometimes they choose to ignore. We aren't here to set the fastest scores uh, or even lift the most weight where we shouldn't be in all reality. We should be here to every day approach each workout as a chance to create a little bit of improvement. And often that improvement doesn't look like a bigger score. It doesn't look like a faster time. It looks like better quality. Mm -hmm. uh, so doing a more difficult version of that handstand hold yeah, you're going to get something more out of it. No, you might not end up with the, the biggest number on the board, but you'll end up understanding position better and putting yourself closer to actually being able to hold a real handstand. Uh, the hollow hold, keeping yourself in a place where the quality is, is held, then that takes a lot more work. Mm -hmm. No, you might not end up staying there for five minutes, but that two minutes that you did, they're going to be a lot more beneficial for you as an athlete. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if the quality slips, try to fix it. If you can't fix it, that's okay. Um, don't feel like you have to stay up on that wall if your butt's leaning against the wall and your arms are about to buckle um, and you've totally lost position. We're really wanting to see how long you can hold a quality handstand hold and a quality hollow, mm -hmm. not just how long you can support yourself upside down and how long you can keep your feet and shoulders off the ground. All right, um, that has been uh, Monday through Wednesday, part A of the weekly walkthrough. So we will catch you guys on Wednesday and eh, midday morning, and we will give you guys part B, which is going to be Thursday through Saturday. We'll see you guys in the gyms. Yeah. Improvement imminent.